We are on a mission to help lawyers and law firm owners maximize wealth and achieve financial independence. Welcome to The Lawyer Millionaire with Darren Words from Words Financial Services. In this podcast, we will help you build wealth, minimize your taxes, and plan for retirement with money management strategies designed for the legal profession. Join us in this journey where we help you manage your money so you can make the most of your future. Start feeling confident in knowing you are well prepared for retirement and on track to financial independence. Now on to the show. There is a lack of basic financial education in our schools. And that means you as the adult in a child's life need to step up and fill the gap. Darren Wirtz started learning in elementary school, and he learned from his father. I'm Patrice Sikora. So Darren started with a savings account, and what came after that? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It started with a savings account. I was actually, I think I was in like fourth grade when I opened a savings account. And I don't remember the name of the bank. I think it got bought by another bank, but Actually, I think there was this program that came around and um, you could open up a, a savings account as a kid. And I was one of those weird kids that when it was my birthday or when it was Christmas and I got a bunch of money from relatives, aunts and uncles and things, instead of going out and buying stuff, I, and sometimes I would buy some stuff, but usually I would just deposit it in my <laughs> bank account. <laughs> did, you, did you have a little passbook too? Because I did. Yes, I did. I yes. sure did. And, you know, th- that was back in the days when you could earn interest on your, on oh, your savings. Do you know? tell. Yes. <laughs> I think that's coming back in vogue now. But uh, yeah, in those days, you could you could earn interest. And, you know, I would get my statement and I would um, write it in a little check register. I would add up the interest and keep track <laughs> of it and all that stuff. So I think I caught the finance bug, you know, pretty early on just from that. And then being that my dad was a financial advisor, it really helped because he was able to kind of introduce me to, you know, investing and financial concepts and things like that. And so that was really good. I, I got to learn a lot from him. Some of my early experience, so he, he got me into investing early on as a kid. I think I was in middle school when I, when I started investing. Mm-hmm. My first foray into investing was through mutual funds. And so... Dad brought home some literature about the mutual funds, some different mutual funds, and I read about them and what they invested in and the companies that were in the funds and how they operated and that sort of thing. And so it was really a kind of a great introduction, early education on investing and how it works. And I started investing in mutual funds. I think the first mutual fund I bought was through a company called Alliance Bernstein. I don't know if they're around anymore or not, but it was a small mid-cap value fund. And I think it did pretty well. I mean, it was so long ago, I can't remember now. <laughs> the fact that you remember this much is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was um, this was like in the early 2000s. So it was uh, after the aftermath of the tech bubble and you know all of that jazz. But yeah, I started doing that. And then I added some different mutual funds to the mix. And I didn't do much with like individual stocks, but I think that would be good for kids to, you know, to kind of play around with individual stocks to a, to a little bit to a certain extent, but you know, Hey, I learned the value of diversification early on. And (laughs) that's a really good lesson to learn. You know, if only I had put my money in Google in the early 2000s, (laughs) that would have been great. (laughs) We wouldn't be talking here today. 
Right. I would be retired, you know, but I think that's really good. So if you have kids, get them involved, get them interested in investing, teach them about you know, different types of investments and really the best way to get your kids educated and interested in investing is to get them invested, you know, open up an account for them and give them some ownership, you know, let them decide. That's what my dad did. He let me decide which funds I wanted to buy. And that was kind of cool because then he had his funds and I had mine and we could kind of look at them and see which ones were doing better and, and that sort of thing. And so that was really fun. And uh, that's a great, it could be a great activity for you and your kids as they're getting older, as they, you know, are, are getting to the age where they can understand those concepts, open up an account for them, put, this, put some money in it and then encourage them, of course, to add to it as they are able to. You know, if your kids have a summer job or something and they earn money, encourage them to put money in that account, you know, and it's not just putting money in an account. So here's the other cool thing, right? Not just any kind of account. One of the best things you could do for your kids, if they're, if they're working on, say they have a summer job or something is to have them open up a Roth IRA. That would be, that would be awesome. Yes. <laughs> First of all, I mean, it's just the compound growth, okay? Can you imagine yeah. putting money in an, in a Roth IRA at age 15, let's say, and, and then you retire at, let's say, 65? That's 50 years of compound growth. <laughs> I mean, that money can really turn into something extraordinary over a huge, long period of time like that. So that's really fantastic. But there are other reasons that the Roth IRA really makes a lot of sense. You know, first of all, if your kids are going to college, you need to think about that carefully. If a, if a kid has money that's in their name, like let's say they just have a brokerage account and they have money that's in their name, that is going to count very heavily against them when it comes to financial aid. That's a uh, that's right an off the asset. FAFSA yeah. Right. Right off the FAFSA. That's an asset that they have. However, if that money is in a Roth IRA, that's retirement money. So it doesn't count. <laughs> That's right. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a great way to let them have some money, but also let them retain their ability to possibly qualify uh, for financial aid uh, through the FAFSA. So that's one really, really big thing. Then there are other really cool reasons that I love Roth, Roth IRAs because there are some really fascinating things you can do with them. Uh, not many people know this, but you can take your contributions to a Roth IRA out at any time for any reason without any penalty <laughs> or taxes. Without Well, you've paid the taxes. Yeah, so you've already paid the taxes. Yeah. So yeah. that's how the Roth IRA works. It's after-tax money that goes in. And then you can't take out the earnings without any penalty until you're 59 and a half. Or if you, or, you know, it, but then you still have to pay taxes on, on the earnings too, but it's the contributions portion. So if you have, you know, let's say you've got $16,000 in your Roth IRA, 10,000 of it is contributions, 6,000 of it is earnings. That 10,000 of contributions is accessible at any time for any reason. So that could be money that your kids could use for any purpose. You know, you want to encourage them, of course, to you know, stay invested and keep their money invested. But if they wanted to use that money for a first time home purchase or to buy a car or for education expenses, 
you know, that is accessible to them for those reasons or an emergency. So that's a really great feature. Okay. Then it gets even more cool. <laughs> and the even more awesome part is that there are certain exceptions under which you can withdraw the earnings portion without paying a penalty. You would still have to pay taxes, but you wouldn't have to pay a penalty. And some of those exceptions are education costs. So qualified education costs, um, you can use Roth IRA earnings. You can also use traditional IRA money uh, for that purpose without having to pay a penalty. But mm -hmm. remember that you do have taxes. The other really cool exception that may apply to your kids as they're growing up is a first time home purchase. It was $10,000 before it may have gone up. But anyway, there's a certain amount that you can take out of the earnings portion and you can use it for a first time home purchase. And so that could be really great uh, for your kids. So help them, you know, learn a little bit about saving and investing. Of course, you know, the foundational step would be to have them set up a bank account. Right. You know, and I, I was a teacher, right? So <laughs> in a former life. And so I, I'm aware of this, uh, this deficit in our educational programming, that there's not a lot of education about finance and setting up accounts and things like that. And I don't know, you know, in the schools that I taught at, we didn't have that kind of a program. And most of the kids that I worked with who were in high school, they didn't have, you know, a lot of them, most of them didn't have bank accounts. And uh, even when they started driving, they were just starting to think about getting a bank account. So it's really important, I think, for kids to start thinking about these ideas early on, as soon as you're able to help them get a bank account set up, set up an investment account, set up a Roth IRA for them if they're working. Wouldn't it be great if in the schools, banks had branches right in the school, mm -hmm. like a credit union would have at a place of work? The kids yeah. would be exposed to it right there. I'll bet you many of these kids haven't even been in a bank. That would be cool. Yeah. Kind of like they have, uh, you know, they have a bank inside Walmart. You know, I right. don't see why they couldn't create some kind of a community partnership. That's kind of an interesting idea. Yeah. All right. Run with it. It's yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, this particular suggestion you have, I'm not so sure I agree with, <laughs> but I can see some of the merits. You say, add your child as an authorized user on your credit card. Oh, scary. <laughs> oh, scary. Yes, yes. Now, this is a great idea. I'll tell you why it's a great idea, and then I'll tell you what the what the dangers are. I mean, you probably already are thinking, as you're listening to this, what the potential dangers <laughs> are. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But here's the thing, right? Um, credit is so difficult to build up, especially when you're young, you know, when you, the worst thing is having no credit, <laughs> yeah. uh, no credit is almost worse than bad credit because you have <laughs> no history. So you're graduating college or you're graduating high school and you're trying to, you know, get your life started and things. It can be difficult to accomplish certain things, even rent your first apartment if you don't have any kind of credit history. So it's a great idea to add your child on your credit card. And the reason for that is that they will inherit your credit history and they'll inherit now. Okay. So let me, let me <laughs> add this caveat. Make sure you have good credit. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> because if your credit is not so great, then maybe you don't want to do this. But if you have good credit, you can add them. They will inherit your history, your credit history from that card. 
and that will count towards their credit score. So mm -hmm. fa fascinatingly enough, my credit history goes back to 1984, which is before I was born. <laughs> that's that's very interesting, Darren. Isn't that weird? And that's because <laughs> my dad put me as you know on his credit card so that I would inherit some of that good credit history, and some of that would count towards me and help me. So my credit score was great. It was in the 700s, just getting out of college and not having any money because I had that credit history built up and I could use that as part of my own history. So that that's the reason you'd want to do that, you know. And then of course, let's say, you know, your your child wants to buy a house and and why shouldn't they, you know? Um the more credit history they have, the more good credit history they have, the better position they're going to be in to qualify for a mortgage and all kinds of good things. Now obviously, there are some dangers here, right? <laughs> You don't want them to go out and run up a whole bunch of bills on your credit card and go crazy with them. So, you know, this is going to be something where you have to think about your own circumstances, you know, how trustworthy is your child and that sort of thing. But the other thing, too, is you don't have to actually give them a card. You could add them. Oh, 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 oh just add them and not right. tell them. You could add them and not tell them. You could keep the card. You could cut the card up and throw it away. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that would be one protection that you could put in place. You could um, maybe not actually give them a card. Now, you might want them to have a card so they can do certain things. Maybe they need to pay for gas. And, you know, maybe you have some kind of agreement with them where it's like, okay, you know, here's the things you can spend money on and so forth. And I'm sure that there are protections you can put in place on the credit card, like a certain daily allowance, you know, daily limit or something like that, that might, you know, put some more protections in place. But this is a great way to help your kids get a great start in life with a good credit history. If your credit history is good, put them on one of your credit cards that's really good, that has really um, no, it has no missed payments and has a really good history, and they will inherit that. You know, it's not only your good habits, it's also your credit limit. You know, so that amount that you have is going to count towards their overall credit limit. And that is one of the factors in your credit score is your credit limit. In addition to, you know, are your payments on time? Have you ever defaulted? And things like that. What about something like getting their own gas card or a debit card? Yeah, I think that's really good. And, and you should, you know, this wouldn't be the only thing to do, have them get their own card and then they can start building more credit history for themselves, in addition to maybe having them on one of your cards. I think that's really good. And of course, you would want to have them set up their you know bank account first. So they have their bank account, they've got their credit card good to go. But make sure you have a conversation with your kids about what credit cards are for. I have talked to people in my own family <laughs> who when they were just starting out life, they got these uh, credit card offers in the mail. And here's why, and another reason why you want to do this, because your kids are going to get inundated with credit card offers. True, true. And I know people who got those credit card offers and thought, oh, wow, they're giving me $10,000 to spend. Oh, not, no. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> not cognizant of the fact that they're not giving you $10,000 to spend. That's a credit limit that has to be repaid. And so then going out and running up the credit limit and then 
all of a sudden, oops, I have to repay this money. So you might think that that's very elementary and that's a very obvious thing, but not everyone is necessarily aware of that. So make sure you tell your kids, okay, this is not free money that they're giving you. This is has to be repaid. You have to pay it off and help them establish a very good discipline and habit of paying off their credit card every single month and not leaving a balance on the card. And make sure you really educate them about the dangers of leaving a balance on the card, you know, what that interest rate is. You know, a lot of cards, especially for new borrowers, might have interest rates in the 20, close to 30, maybe even over 30%. Um, if you have a 30% rate on a card, let's say you max it out and you don't do anything with it, and it that amount that you owe is going to double, triple in value very quickly. And then you find yourself in a really difficult situation. So it's not just, you know, adding them on the card. That's great. And I'm glad you brought up those other points, Patrice. You want to educate them about the proper use of cards and help them get a card in their own name so that they can establish good habits as well. Now, the next point rather almost rolls into the Roth IRA discussion as well. If you own a business, hire your kids. Yes, <laughs> this is a great, 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 great idea. Not just for your kids, but for you. <laughs> the tax the tax strategy here is, it's brilliant. It really is. So a lot of our listeners are law firm owners. Oh, you own your own business. You can hire your kids in your business. Now, obviously, you know, your kids can't do legal work, but there's a lot of things that they could do. You know, maybe they can manage your social media for you. Kids are great at that. You know, they are a lot more tech savvy often than we are. They can figure those things out. Or maybe there are other things, there is secretarial work that they can do, administrative tasks that they can do. For me, you know, dad would have me come in and he would have me do some secretarial work for him. So, you know, maybe that was sending letters out to clients. Uh, you know, so this is gonna this is gonna sound real old, right? But he would he would record what he wanted to be sent out on a, a tape recorder. A dictaphone. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you have these little tiny cassettes and you put the cassette in the thing, you know, these little pedals and you push the pedal to press, you know, to play and then the other pedal to pause it. And as you were doing that, you would type it out. And I was a really good, you know, typist because we had uh, it was like the Mavis Beacon program in high school. And so I became really good at typing. And so I would come in in the summer sometimes and I would help him, you know, type up some letters and send those out. You know, that's a task that kids can do, you know, if, if they're good at that kind of thing, maybe in, in, at high school age or something like that. So, you know, think creatively about what kind of work they can do for you and you can pay them. And that's the whole idea. So here's where the really cool tax strategy comes into place. Okay. So each taxpayer, if they're filing their taxes as a single individual, and your kids hopefully are, they're not married at this point, they're filing their taxes single. So they get a standard deduction, which is up to $12,950. Basically, that means they can earn up to $12,950 tax free. They don't have to pay any federal taxes. Now, let's say you pay your kid $12,000. They don't have to pay any taxes on it, but you as the business owner get to write it off. So it becomes a deduction to you and tax-free income to them. Now, you could have them you know, use that money to pay for certain activities that they're involved in or certain sports that they're involved in or things like that. You know, 
kids' sports are expensive. I know this. I've experienced that. So you could have them do that. And essentially what happens is your kids' activities become tax-deductible activities. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> they said. The other cool thing is maybe instead of that, maybe you have them put that money in a Roth IRA, right? And so essentially you have tax-free money going into a Roth IRA that will earn interest and grow tax-free. Wow. <laughs> that is a big wow. That's a huge wow. So, yeah. So all the tax advantages just keep adding up and adding up and adding up. You wouldn't want to use a, a traditional IRA because there's nothing to deduct. There's no tax to pay. You know, So you want to use the Roth IRA and put the money there. So that is a really fabulous idea for your kids. Now, you know, you have to make sure that your kids are doing real work and you can justify the amount that they're being paid. You know, you can't have them come in for an hour and sweep the floor and pay them $10,000. <laughs> you know, the IRS would not like that so much. So they need to be doing actual real work. But this, I think, is a great way that they can, you can, you know, add some deductions and, and get some tax savings. And then you can also get some money into their hands that they can use to pay for things or they can use you know, to invest in a Roth IRA. I mean, let's think about gas money, right? If your kids are driving and they're probably, you're probably paying for their gas, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're doing that, maybe you make them pay for their gas out of money that you've paid them. All of a sudden their gas money is a tax deductible expense, essentially. So that's a really cool idea. And just think of the bonding time you could have. Absolutely. They're going to get to learn about your business. Yeah. Yeah, that's really valuable. And that was for me was very valuable as a kid, getting to learn about dad's business and getting to understand what, it, what it's like, what it's like to deal with clients and things like that. So, you know, I'm sure that many of our listeners, you want your kids, you know, maybe to follow you and in, in your footsteps and maybe become an owner of your business one day. This is a great way to get them introduced to that and also to teach them the value of hard work and great work ethic. Now, there's one other point here I want to consider before we uh, we wrap this up. This is, by the way, this is fantastic stuff. Personally speaking, I love it. Now, life insurance. Should you get life insurance on your kids? Absolutely. This is a great, great, great idea. So the way life insurance works is the younger you are, the less expensive it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, you, your kids may not need life insurance today. You know, they may not have any use for it, you may think, but later in life, they may be in a position where they want life insurance. Maybe they're starting a family, maybe they're getting married, and maybe they want to have life insurance to protect their spouse, to protect their family. If you encourage them to buy it earlier, or maybe you buy it for them earlier, it's going to be a lot less expensive. I, I think I got my first life insurance policy when I was in my 20s. It's a $100,000 term policy. And it was a hundred bucks a year. <laughs> I mean, wow. Rid yeah. Ridiculously inexpensive. So get them a nice sizable life insurance policy. It could be a whole life policy or it could be a term policy. Personally, I'm a, a, more of a fan of the term policy. But in any case, it's going to be less expensive the younger they are. Now, if you buy it for them, you could always assign ownership to them once they get to a certain age. You know, if you buy it when they're a minor, maybe you buy it, you name them as the insured mm -hmm. um, and you name yourself as a beneficiary. And, and this is good planning. 
in any case, heaven forbid something should happen to one of your kids, it would be good to have a life insurance policy that you could use for expenses. Um, that's kind of a worst case scenario. But the better case scenario and what we're thinking about here is something, an asset that they can use later in life and that they can have to protect their own family uh, when they get to that age, you know, where they're starting their family and that sort of thing. So yeah, if you're buying a life insurance policy later in life, it becomes a lot more expensive, <laughs> you know? You know so, that. Yes, absolutely. I know this in dealing with clients every day. I mean, a $100,000 policy in your 50s or 60s is going to cost you maybe, you know, closer to $100 a month versus $100 a year, you know? So, and I don't know what the exact numbers would be. It would really depend on your own situation, your own health. But yeah, this is a great way to kind of get them started with something that they can have access to and is going to give them some protection later on in life. Darren, how can somebody reach you if they've got questions or if they've got ideas on this? Yeah, I love talking with clients about these ideas and putting these ideas into practice, especially starting Roth IRAs, helping my clients start Roth IRAs for their kids. I think that's a really, really, really good idea. Uh, if you want to talk to me about your own financial planning, your own retirement planning, and putting together a comprehensive plan for yourself and your family, uh, you can head on over to thelawyermillionaire.com. And you can book a meeting with me right there on the website. Just scroll to the bottom of the page and there is a link to my calendar. And also over there, you can learn more about the book, The Lawyer Millionaire, and of course, this podcast. All right. And listeners, teach your kids. Have them follow this podcast. Listen to it together. Discuss the ideas. Heck, they can even share it with their friends. And let us know if you find it helpful. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to The Lawyer Millionaire. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This content is not intended to represent investing or tax advice. Always seek the advice of a qualified investment or tax advisor with any questions you may have regarding your own financial circumstances. 